Hi folks, this is your host Michael Fox. So today is going to be a little different. Before I dive into episode 6, Honduras and the rest of the countries heading south in Central America, I wanted to bring you a quick update on Guatemala. The country's new president, Bernardo Arevalo, was inaugurated earlier this month on January 14th, but it did not come off without a hitch. Outgoing opposition lawmakers did their best to try to stymie the swearing-in of Arevalo and some of his party members. Arevalo's supporters rallied in Guatemala City. Political scientist Jo Marie Burt was there. We'll hear from her in a minute. This is Under the Shadow, a new investigative narrative podcast series that walks back in time to tell the story of the past by visiting momentous places in the present. This podcast is a co-production in partnership with The Real News and NACLA. I'm your host, Michael Fox, longtime radio reporter, editor, journalist, the producer and host of the podcast Brazil on Fire. I've spent the better part of the last 20 years in Latin America. I've seen firsthand the role of the U.S. government abroad, and most often, sadly, it is not for the better. Invasions, coups, sanctions, support for authoritarian regimes. Politically and economically, the United States has cast a long shadow over Latin America for the past 200 years. In each episode in this series, I'll take you to a location where something historic happened, a landmark in revolutionary struggle or foreign intervention. Today, it might look like a random street corner, a church, a mall, a monument, or a museum. But every place I'm going to take you to was once the site of history-making events that shook countries, impacted lives, and left deep marks on the world. This is Under the Shadow, Season 1, Central America, Update 1, Guatemala, Arevalo Presidente. So, in Episodes 2 and 3, I took you to Guatemala to retrace the steps of the violent 1954 U.S.-backed coup and bloody authoritarian regimes. In those episodes, released earlier this month, I noted that the country's president-elect, Bernardo Arevalo, was set to be inaugurated on January 14th. Remember, he's the son of Guatemala's first democratic leader, Juan José Arevalo, who ushered in the Guatemalan Spring. As we heard, Bernardo Arevalo has promised to lift Guatemala once again, increasing access to health care and education, and fighting corruption and impunity. He carries with him a lot of hope. But even after winning the election, he faced constant legal maneuvers, led by the attorney general, that aimed to overturn the results and block his inauguration. For months, an indigenous-led movement has been demanding the attorney general's resignation. For more than 100 days leading up to the inauguration, indigenous leaders camped out in front of the public prosecutor's office to guard against what Arevalo called a slow-motion coup. Even though the country's top court ordered Congress to respect the vote and allow the new president to be sworn in, there was still a lot of uncertainty. And so on Sunday, January 14th, thousands of Arevalo supporters took to the streets of Guatemala City for the inauguration. Conservatives in Congress, however, had their own plans. In a last-ditch effort to grab power for establishment forces, Arevalo's opponents repeatedly delayed the day's events, pushing back the inauguration ceremony by several hours. 
So the feeling that I got being on the ground in Guatemala City the day of the inauguration was that everyone thought it was a, a little bit of a miracle that we had finally reached this moment where finally uh, Arevalo was going to be inaugurated, uh, given all the multiple attempts by uh, the ruling elites and their allies to prevent him from taking power. That is political scientist and former NACLA editor Joe Marie Burt. We heard from her extensively in episode three about 1980s Guatemala. On January 14th, she was on the ground in Guatemala City. For the rest of this update, she's going to take us there and look at what it means for Guatemala and for Arevalo's incoming government. And then, of course, as the day wore on, it became obvious that they had not given up, that they had a whole bunch of other tricks up their sleeve. And and people were getting very impatient. Um, I think uh, there was a little bit of a tension. And I was uh, initially in front of the the main plaza where Arevalo was supposed to come after he was inaugurated at, he was supposed to be inaugurated at 4 p.m. In the end, he wasn't inaugurated until after midnight. And when people realized that the Congress, the the outgoing deputies had set up this commission and were trying to prevent the newly elected deputies, especially from Arevalo's party, the Semilla party, from being inaugurated as as members of Congress, uh, the indigenous authorities who were really, without a doubt, the leaders of the resistance movement, uh, said, okay, a group of us are going to go down to the Congress and we're going to protest in front of the Congress. It's going to be nonviolent protest and off a group went and I, I, uh, me and my friends went with that group and there were a few moments of tension where some uh, people were getting uh, frustrated and there were a little little bit of a back and forth with police. A tear gas grenade was shot but it didn't amount to much more because again the indigenous authorities you know, directed the crowd and said look this is a peaceful protest we uh, are not here to get into you know conflicts with the police uh, you know, the police were blocking our ability to get to the front of the Congress. And that's why people were getting stressed out. And they were getting stressed out as they were listening to what was going on inside the Congress and all the efforts to prevent the Samia deputies from taking their positions. And it was like that the whole day. It was like this constant, you know, tension between... People trying, you know, being patient and waiting and, and, and having faith that Arevalo would be, in fact, inaugurated and growing frustration at the, you know, ongoing efforts by uh, the ruling elites to, to overturn their election results or, or obstruct in completely ridiculous ways uh, Arevalo's um, inauguration. And so finally, when... Uh, the deputies were all inaugurated and taken their seats. The new legislature was established. Then it was another battle for who would be uh, who would be the leaders of the new Congress. And uh, again, the, the the ruling conservative parties allied with the outgoing elites uh, were trying to impose uh, a deputy who was closely linked to the previous government of Jimmy Morales, also a very corrupt government, very authoritarian government. That's the government that uh, kicked out the CC, the International Commission Against Impunity in Guatemala. 
in the end, though, the 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 list uh, with the Semilla Party leader Samuel Perez on it won the majority vote. They brought in uh, individuals from a variety of different parties. Uh, they managed to win a majority, and then they went on to go to the National Palace and inaugurate Bernardo Arevalo as president. Queda usted legal, legítima y solemnemente en posesión del cargo de presidente de la República de Guatemala para el periodo constitucional 2024. It was it was a little bit after midnight. It was you know six, seven hours after he was supposed to have been inaugurated. So he didn't actually come to the plaza until something like three in the morning. And he, before he went to the plaza, he went to the uh, public ministry, where, uh, which had been the site of the 105 days of nonviolent resistance by indigenous communities in Guatemala, to demanding that the authorities respect the popular vote and inaugurate uh, Bernardo Arevalo as president. And this was just, it was just an incredible uh, moment. Um, where you could see the connection between this new dynamic, uh, newly elected, newly inaugurated president uh, who stood for, you know, integrity, for anti-corruption, for democracy, and, you know, the people who voted him into office because they were tired, they are tired of Guatemala being run by corrupt, uh, kleptocratic, and oftentimes violent elites. Of course, now we know in the last couple of days, we know that um, the, those elites have not given up. They, they appealed the election of the leadership in Congress. Those uh, individuals have decided to step aside and, and follow the, the constitutional court's ruling and so on and so forth. So it, it's going to be an ongoing battle um, for this new government to take, to take office, to establish itself, to uh, develop uh, a coherent plan to tackle some of Guatemala's biggest problems, which are clearly anti-corruption and rule of law, judicial independence, but also poverty, unemployment. You know, infant malnutrition is, you know, extremely high in Guatemala. Guatemala is one of the poorest countries in the Western Hemisphere. Um, so the government's challenges are huge. And, you know, uh, it's unfortunate that these corrupt elites have still have so much power. And I am afraid that they are going to distract the new government's attention by forcing them to just, you know, fight for survival so they won't be able to get any actual um, important policies put in place. Um, so there's some real challenges ahead. They're going to need the continued support of the international community, um, civil society, international organizations, and bilateral governments. Uh, to help this government succeed, to help democracy survive. Um, that's what is at stake here. And that was Joe Marie Burt. Next week, we'll turn to El Salvador once again. Elections are being held there this Sunday, February 4th. President Nayib Bukele is expected to be overwhelmingly re-elected despite bending the country's laws to allow him to do it. I'll be there to cover the vote, so next week, I'll be bringing you an update from the ground. The week after that, on February 13th, we'll get back to our regular episodes with Honduras 1980s. And that is all for Under the Shadow. If you like what you hear, you can check out my Patreon page. That's patreon.com forward slash M-F-O-X. 
There you can also support my work, become a monthly sustainer, or sign up to stay abreast of all the latest on this podcast and my other reporting across Latin America. This is Michael Fox. As always, many thanks. Thanks.